What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Michael, joined as always with Lincoln, and welcome to the Left Hand Backhand Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we got a good show uh, coming up for you guys. We got the MVP Open presented by OTB Discs Open. Um, yep. That went down this last weekend. Um, exciting results. We'll talk about it. Uh, then we'll talk. switch into previewing the U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championship coming up this weekend. Um, make some predictions. Talk about the tournament as a whole. Um, we'll talk about the future of future ability of courses and then round it out with in the bag and then what we're looking forward to this coming week. Yes, sir. Cool. Perfect. So, um, if you want to pull up the results, I have them here as well, but the MVP open went down and Maddie O in one of the most iconic courses. Yes. And one of the most iconic names. Yes, uh, for sure. Iconic names, iconic storyline of Mr. Can't Win type of thing. Um, talk about a, mm-hmm. a King Kong off your back to get that win, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, Matty O came from Chase Card yep. as well yep. and took down... A pretty star-studded lead card in that oh, yeah. final round, and he birdied. Let's see, seven of the final eight holes. Yeah, to and win then, the thing. Yeah, just absolutely bonkers. I watched. Unreal. I, I think I watched from hole <clears throat> nine or ten on. Let me look at. Okay. Yeah. When yeah, you started so like, the streak. Yeah, like I started watching like when the streak yeah. was going. I was like, he might do it. Cause it was weird because Eric when I watched that final round, it was Gossage who Gossage was set the early pace and was looking like he was gonna run away with it. And I was watching until I started uh when did he like let down? He he, he didn't really let down, he, but like he went he bogey bogeyed 15 16. Yeah, and that put him out of it. Um, yeah. Towards the he end. He still finished tied for second place. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like hole nine that I watched where he missed like a pretty easy opportunity or something. But like you could tell parring nine, 11, and 13, they just kind of like took a lot of wind out of his sails because of that hot start. And Matteo yep. just like cruised from there. Yeah. To be fair to Gossage, he birdied four through eight. Yeah. So he had five yeah. birdies in a row. And keeping up that pace is just ridiculous. It is impossible. And really. a talking point that we had last week that you kind of said that you weren't sure mm-hmm. how difficult the course would be for the pros. Yeah. Granted, we did have some weather conditions, which we can talk about, but yeah. the course played very difficult. It as did. in, MPO winner was minus 23 through four rounds. Yep. So, Matteo went yeah, minus, six. minus eight, even, minus six, minus nine. And that yeah. minus eight and minus nine were kind of bonkers. Like, those were, like, some of the hottest rounds yeah, for sure. of the entire tournament. Yeah. I, I think 
I definitely stood corrected by the test of with OB, trees, tighter fairways, and um, just general distance and gaps to hit. So it it played a lot better than I expected. I don't know. I don't know why I expected anything less, but I was I was pleasantly surprised and very happy. Well, to be fair to you, there were a couple of changes made to the course that made it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Uh, for instance, hole nine, they Absolutely extended an already yeah. difficult har- hole yeah. and made it, you're playing for par the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, there were a few other changes. I can't think of them off the Yeah. It, they're in there. Um, and they did a good job integrating them in the fact that they weren't fully brand new holes. They weren't like they didn't break any holes and they didn't make any holes gimmicky in any sense. So I thought it was a good job by them to increase the difficulty, change the look for the players and create as much scoring separation as they did. Um, So yeah, it was a good, it was a good tournament. Uh, I'll go over the results. So Matteo finished in first. Uh, followed by Aaron Gossage and Eagle McMahon tied for second. Uh, Ricky Wysocki and Simon Lazat tied for fourth. Oh, and Calvin tied for fourth. Ben Calloway, that's a name we haven't talked about almost this entire year or seen in a while. Yeah, so that, it, was, that was, it was really fun to watch him play, yeah, too, because yeah. he's very he's small and compact and very silky smooth to yep, throw. for sure. And then uh, Ezra Robinson... Kevin Jones, and then Alden Harris rounding out the top 10. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll, we'll note that Gannon Burr tied for 11th with a bunch of others. So, yeah. our points, one of our points leaders was still right up there as well. Yeah, for um, sure. They're all there. Other than Ben Calloway and, of course, Mario taking it down, what were like kind of the big surprises to you with how the, the top shook out? Um, I wouldn't say, well, w- first one I'm looking right now, Paul Ulibarri playing as well as he did. And I called that too. Let's you go. did. Yeah. Barring Paul Macbeth dropping out of the playoff finale, mm-hmm. uh, catapulted himself into the, the finale. So like, that's awesome for him. Um, super exciting. Um, kind of weird to see Chris Dickerson so low. Um, weird to see Isaac Robinson as low as he is. I mean, definitely not like tied for 19th with a lot of players. Like it just seemed uncharacteristic yeah. for him. Um, and then the last surprise would just be how many aces there were. There was like five, oh, yeah. or, five or six, and <laughs> yeah, a, few, okay. a few on hole eight, but then like random holes throughout there so that was yeah. wild and crazy it felt like when sure. when tournament coverage started they're like well here's another we just saw an ace here oh yeah. and uh here's another ace that yeah. just popped up and so it was, it was kind of fun like yeah. that doesn't always happen so no for sure unusual i'll say for me the biggest uh i'm sorry i'm looking for like surprise was 
Not that Matteo took it down from Chase card, but it was that lead card choked. And, and we were kind of talking about this uh, after it happened, but uh, was it Eagle and Ricky and Calvin and Simon and Simon were all on lead card together. Yeah. And they all had a couple stroke advantage over the chase card going into the round. And I, th- I think Ricky was on chase as like, well. It was, it was, okay, ben. yeah, Ricky was on chase. Yep, yeah. Was, right. was, yep. Ben yep, Calloway, you're right. Yep. <clears throat> but Ricky was on lead card before that. And just seeing like those heavy names that, you know, the big hitters, yeah, they were not coming up clutch in the way that we almost expect them to. Yeah. And Matteo, to his full credit, put that pressure on them from Chase card. But the su- part that's surprising is what I'm saying is that lead card and these you know big names just did not execute down the stretch to stay in contention with Matteo. Yeah. Um, I think I alluded to it last week. I like there was something in me that I thought those top guys have had so much pressure on their shoulders to win and perform that I kind of thought they would crumble and that five through 10 player was going to be able to catapult them, um, for the victory this week. So, um, yeah, I believe you said that about worlds. Yeah. Which is an even bigger stage, but we've seen that come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it it was weird. You know, I think with how good Calvin's season has been, he's he's not a lethal like killer anymore. But like there's mm-hmm. there's no it doesn't feel like there's anyone that is like that go out and get it and when they're in contention they're going to just like snatch every opportunity um it's kind of just like who's in the right flow state and feeling it on the weekend and they just kind of like rise above the rest i will say the one person that has felt that way this season is isaac robinson yeah because we've seen him do it at two majors where he got the lead and did not give up the lead. Yeah. And he did just execute down the stretch on every single hole. It wasn't like yeah. he, you know, opened the door a little bit. It was like, he just, he maintained pace. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're right. We, we haven't seen Calvin or Ricky do that. We haven't seen Eagle really. Yeah. Um, Eagle but, has been playing uh, really well though lately. Um, he has, he just hasn't he, closed the door. Yeah. So, I I mean I'm thinking the the finals he's probably going to be one of my my favorites going into it just the way he's been playing even at USDGC I think he could perform really well. Okay. I like so, it. Uh do we want to touch on yeah. Nice. Do we want to touch on some FPO storylines real quick? Sure. Um we we can talk do you want to talk about results what do you want to touch on uh yeah i'll go over top five results real quick uh Haley king took it down shooting minus seven over the four rounds mm-hmm. Kristen tatar in second place tied with own scoggins at minus six and then evelina solonen finished in fourth place at minus three 
And in fifth place is Holly Finley at plus two. Yeah. So not the lowest of scores for FPO. Granted, we didn't we mentioned this but didn't talk about it. There was a wind delay after one of the rounds or during one of the rounds. Yeah, not for FPO. I think it was just for MPO. Sure, but I'm just but pointing yeah. out that there were weather conditions and yeah. it was rainy for a little bit and it was windy and you know, they were they were dealing with conditions, which is disc golf, you know, it's yeah, an outdoor sure. sport. It just happens. Um, but I was still surprised to not see some lower scores, especially with the FPOTs being a lot shorter than the MPOTs. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, think- it came down to Haley and Kristen – and yep. then I guess Own kind of back backdoored her way into yeah. uh, she birdied seventeen and eighteen to backdoor her way into second place. But. Yeah, well, halfway through that first round, she was kind of not necessarily in command, but she was still in the lead. And then mm-hmm. absolute blow up on hole eleven, kind of put her out of the place. Fought to the end, but like after that hole eleven, it was really the the two man, two horse race. Um, to the finish line. Yeah. Um, with, with, I mean, <clears throat> absolute props to Haley. She birdied 17 and 18. Yeah. While Kristen birdied, or sorry, bogeyed 16 and 17. Yep. To essentially open the door. Yeah. And Haley knew that if she birdied 18, that she won, that she would win it. And she did. Yeah. To yeah. her credit. So. Do you think. And they asked this on the debate night, and I just want to hear your your take from that result. Was it Haley went out and won it, or did Kristen Tatar kind of hand it to Haley? Uh, it was said on debate night as well. It's obviously a bit of both, because if Kristen would have birdied out, she would have won. Yeah. But she didn't. If she would have parred But Haley parred still out. had... Yeah. She, yeah, if you were to part out, I think they would have tied. Yeah, yeah. All things, it all things remaining yeah. the same. Otherwise, uh, and if Haley doesn't birdie out, then we have a. If Haley doesn't birdie eighteen, we have a three-way tie mm-hmm. for a playoff. So yeah. it is a bit of both. I still think it's a little more. Haley wouldn't have had the opportunity unless Kristen squandered it. Yeah. So I lean more, like if I have to pick one side or the other, I'm leaning more towards Kristen squandered it. Yeah. But still giving absolute props to Haley for, Yeah, I mean, she's one of the most talented throwers of the disc in the FPO field. Yeah. And just, we've been waiting for her to, yes, we've been waiting for her to pop off because she can. Yeah. She just hasn't done it consistently and i i 100 know that it's just a mental game battle for her yeah for sure yeah i i i agree i think what it was and kristen has been close to doing this before in the past she definitely she opened the door for haley to walk through and in the past so far this year no one has walked through it haley actually did today but she yeah, had every opportunity exactly. to shut that door, keep it closed, and not let anyone pass her. And she opened it up. Like she opened the floodgate and the ability for Hilly to 
to win. So that's why, like, kind of like what came first, chicken or the egg, like the door has to be opened before you can actually go through it. Yep. So, yeah. yep. Exciting, exciting. Well, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was uh, intense down to the wire for both MPO and FPO, which you love to see. Like, that's, I would rather it be that way yeah. than have a blowout lead like Kristen normally does. So yeah. this is what we've been asking for all year anyway, yeah. too. You know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, one last question about the MVP Open before we move on. What yeah. was your take slash like feelings on Matteo tapping out on 18 and lead card being four and a half plus holes behind them. I hated that. Like, and I think part of it was because they had a weird delay with a, a ruling on hole nine for Eagle. Yeah. Like if you if you remember that yeah, at he, all, he there hit was the kind front of a, thing. a longer delay on yeah yeah. So they had to wait for like a rules official. So that probably added like a full hole backup. Yeah, but or delay. Yeah, but still like they, they just played so slow. Yeah, and they are lead card, so yeah. more can more cameras, they are waiting more people. On, yeah. Yeah, there there are other factors at play, especially if you have to wait for uh, viewers to yeah fans to move, move out of the way or yeah. you know yep exactly. So, I mean, I understand it. I do like what Brody was saying, and that there needs to be marshals like monitoring. Hey, yeah. there's a four hole gap between these two cards. Yeah. Like, let's go let them know. Tell them, hey, you need to keep keep pace. Like, you don't need to play crazy fast or whatever yeah. but you need to keep pace you can't be playing slow granted you're also playing a woods course and if you're throwing bad shots that'll yeah. take longer as well yeah. so there are multiple factors but for the actual like drama of the tournament there's such a long delay between when Matty O won yeah. the thing yeah and actually when card the comes in with their with their tail between their legs and they're you know, whimpering their way up the fairway, knowing yep. that Matteo won it, and yep. so it kind of took away from the like uh, excitement, like the the build up of the moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it. I think it was just a lot of a culmination of bad throws, rules officials being the last tee time, and just overall throwing the disc poorly that made them take as long as they did but like there's no excuse but my other argument is they are the last tee time so they are the ones that can if they want to take longer they they can you know everyone else can't yeah everyone else needs i do to think that there is i i think it is a, a valid excuse that with spectators yeah especially with, with that chase card finishing so much earlier, they probably even slowed down that lead card because they probably all started running over chasing there towards that. Thing. And so then yeah. there's their traffic more yeah. so than they're, yeah. than they're used to, especially yeah. for the final round on a Sunday. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Kind of, a, kind of a lame, uh, 
like a the balloon was deflated a little bit on yeah, the explosion for sure. of the for sure. of the win for Matteo. But either way, props Matteo. You're welcome on the pod whenever. Yeah. Um. All right. You want to take it away with the dealer's choice? Yeah. Well. Um. I mean, there's the USWDGC. Oh. Coming up this next or starting tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't have any notes on the actual course. Never just, heard of uh, it. Wanted to throw Never out. Seen it. Yeah. Just want to throw out if you have a um, player to watch for the tournament. Um, the only one is Kristen because if she wins, she sweeps the year yearly majors. That's literally the only storyline going into it. That's the only one that matters. Hmm. Not that everyone else is playing for second, but like. That's the most important one. So if someone can be right. here, yeah. hats nope. off. But if not, then <clears throat> that's that's the only one. Yeah. Nope. That's a great point to bring up. The other name that I will bring up is if Haley King can put two tournaments together, because historically she has not done that. Like when she has one before, she's yeah. followed it up with a poor performance. Um, and also what the heck is going on with Katrina Allen? Like, is she going to ever bounce back? Just, Not just this throwing year. it out there. Want to see where, yeah. yeah. I would I would love to see her put in a top five finish, but. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, those, those are the only other uh, storylines that I wanted to, to point yeah, out real quick. But. For sure. Okay, so moving to dealer's choice. Um, and also a little bit of disc golf news. Rock, no, 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 sorry. Augusta, where they have W, W.R. Jackson? Yes. Yes, W.R. Jackson for the Masters Cup. Champions yep. Cup? Champions Cup. Champions yep. Cup. I always can mix up Champions and Masters. I don't know. Yeah. Because Masters is in Augusta. They're the same, yeah, okay. it, it's same, same, but different. Yeah. Champions they, Cup they should is just the call it the Masters, Masters Cup. Yeah. Is there already a tournament that is? Like I would there is, they, in, they should, in California. They should, they should totally just rip it off and have a <laughs> yeah, have a seriously. green jacket, have a green jacket, call it the Masters, it's in the neighborhood, like everyone just do the exact or, same thing as them. Or maybe maybe like a red jacket. Yeah, make it a little uh, different, like I don't know. But. No, I just think just copy them straight up. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are people that do care, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Anyway, uh, this course, W.R. Jackson, yep. has a uh, beetle infestation that mm-hmm. is destroying the property. Yes. So they're delaying Champions Cup next year until October of, or November, yeah. or some, something late in that range, because they have to rebuild the course, essentially. Yep. And yep. they're going to essentially tear down the course and build a new one so, so this a, is... yeah according to the like press release that they put out um it's on part of the property i th- i hear it's a pretty big property it's on part of the property and a majority of it runs through where wr jackson is so a lot of those trees are going to have to be removed yeah completely um to stop the spread. So there is still space. 
there. There will still be trees to work with, but it doesn't have a championship level course currently. So correct. Yeah. So that has led to a dealer's choice that I've had in the bag for a while to the a bigger issue in this golf moving forward. Yeah. And that's the historic nature of courses. Yeah. Because in golf, if you remove some trees or whatever, you still have the same holes, relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But in disc golf, if your holes are built around shot shapes through forests and trees and you know all these different things that are on a ball golf course. Yeah. A issue like this where beetles come in and <clears throat> and destroy part of the course. Yeah. All of a sudden, this course will never be the same. The history of the course will never be the same. Yeah. I mean, imagine if this happened to MVP, right? Yeah. And we'd yeah. have to lose half the holes for MVP. It's not the same course, loses the prestige. Like, yeah. So that is a, <clears throat> a potential long term issue with the sport of disc golf losing prestige if you lose a course because it's easier to lose a disc golf course especially on you know some public grounds or yep, exactly for instance yep. usdgc which is on a college campus yeah uh so i guess i don't have as much of like a pointed question yeah but wanting to get some of your thoughts on the future sustainability of prestige in the course in tournaments yep. in just like is there a way to combat this? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I'll touch first on what I think about W.R. Jackson and having the tournament allegedly be when it is. One, it should never, ever, ever be that late in the season. There, there shouldn't be. You yeah. can't. You can't go Worlds, playoffs, Pro Tour finale and usdgc and uh champions cup in a month and a half stretch because if i'm a player and even even an a tier in november feels too late yes because if i'm a player what that's going to make me do if the start of the season which it is still in february in las vegas and it goes to the west coast and all that stuff and then europe i'm not going to start my season until the European Open. There makes no sense to put that much strain and travel and stress on my body to go travel that far distance, play those tournaments, when every big tournament that matters takes part in the last month and a half of the season. There would be no reason yep. to put hurt yourself and travel that far in May, June, July. It just makes no sense. Um, yeah. I mean, That's you, why, you like yeah. ramp up in July for tournaments that actually matter in August, yes, September, October, which is just feels wrong. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I, it's like, it is in Georgia. It is still like, it's not going to be freezing. Like it's not North Dakota. It's not Washington. It's not Oregon or these cold places yeah. up North. It's like the weather will be fine ish but you still got daylight savings time you still got lower like darkness it's like they can't be out there the tea time can't start at 
3 p.m. It's going to be dark at 5, 6. Right. So, like, that's another thing to think about. Um, yeah. As far as the property itself, I think this is a really good opportunity for the PDGA to, like, not necessarily set standards, but there were some complaints about W.R. Jackson in how easy Isaac Robinson was able to just, like, destroy it, right? It was very repetitive shots. It was very repetitive fairways. All all turned to the left, right? Straight hyzer that has a kind of soft fade to it. That's all it was. Or slow turnover backhands. Um, this is an opportunity for, like, I want them to get as much input from pros as the best course designers ever and show the disc golf community and the disc golf pro tour like what the like set the standard for what a tournament level course can be you have enough property you have enough yeah. trees you have enough space you have all the funds of the pga like set that standard with this new opportunity if they go in there and it's just like a ho-hum course and nothing is there's nothing to bite your teeth on or that mm. stands out. Like it's just a waste. Like this is the perfect opportunity to get a clean sweep and start completely fresh to make something that is, will, will last um, kind of the test of time and the future of disc golf. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, that's, it, that's my number to one. that point, how old is this tournament? This tournament's only three years old. It's not that old. Exactly. Why, but it's, gro it's grown why prestige, does it have to so. be at this? Um, yes, but why does it have to be at this course if it's this new of a major? Like, why it, can't you move it to uh, Hornet's Nest in North Carolina? Yeah. Um, they mentioned that, and I think that's probably the best case, like the best course of action for this next year is kind of flipping and sharing the courses of pro tour finale yeah. and this new wr jackson or i don't know what they're going to call it now but um give it time to break in get cleared and make sure it is that high level um but i feel like champions cup has it's came come a long way in the last three years and it's the pg pdga's like flagship course and tournament that's why it's important to be there at that property yeah but for something that's it's not that new like swallow your pride and put it to a better course for a year especially one that's especially one that's not going to be or or flip-flop it every other year yeah thing yeah because yeah. who knows what this course is going to look like when they do re rebuild it it's going to go from wr jackson to jackson jr pretty much Get yeah it? jackson jr yeah like yeah. it's not going to be the same course yeah but that's what, the, like, I want it to be better. It can be better. It should be better. But I don't know what that entails, hope, but... Right, but, but, but who's yeah. to say if it is going to get there or not? But, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about the idea, thought process, theory on disc golf being kind of vulnerable to potentially losing courses? Um, It's sad and scary for the pro tour only 
I think for 99% of disc golfers, your local public course, they're not going anywhere. They're great to, to play on. They're awesome. They're fun. Um, but the pro tour needs there, to, there's lots of courses that, that you and I can go play and have a good enough time. on. Yeah, exactly. But that, that next level championship course, multiple tee pads, multiple pin locations, all the whole nine yards, the space, the surrounding area. Um, what's going to need to happen is either be on golf course properties and pop-up courses, or you're going to have to have rich investors spend the money on land, which is not cheap, especially when you come to the West Coast, and put in their courses and let them grow and prosper that way. And that's the only way it's yeah. going to be sustainable well, is in California. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in disc golf, we don't have a lot of money to buy property no. No. anyway. Exactly. So like big, big brain theory is like Paul McBeth and uh, what's his name? The Dylan, Dylan Cease. White Sox pitcher. Yeah. Dylan Cease. Like, what they've done with the third on the mountain course, like they just bought the property and yep. said, nope, we're keeping the course here. Like, <laughs> I think that's how uh, some of these like disc golf legends need to keep the sport alive, yeah. potentially, yeah. Yeah. is by buying some of these properties or, you know, looking into the options of that. Yeah. But even, even with that being said, like, a fire could come through an area yep. and mm -hmm. destroy a course and all of a sudden course is, is nothing yeah like yeah i don't know it just like kind of like woke me up and i was like wait um that's yeah a little nervy you know it is and so like kind of to tangent and add to that like when i think of usdgc at winthrop gold it's not going to mm -hmm. be there forever. It's going to leave. So, right. but what that course... How long has it been there? Like 20 years? Twenty. I heard 25, 26, around that time. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a long time. Long time, long time. But what will can remain is the title of the sport, like of the, mm -hmm. of the event, and everything that surrounds that like that event itself the great amenities the large parking lot the player not players village but the uh, spectator village the like off course yeah. things that build the like excitement and make it a tourist attraction to come watch um mm -hmm. but they come to watch good disc golf so you have to make sure wherever it is it is challenging difficult and pushes these players in ways that they have yet to be challenged, which is really hard because they're really good and they can eat a lot of courses alive. Yeah. No, it just um, made me appreciate the courses that we have now and yeah. the direction of the, of the way disc golf's going. Yeah. And, and just a little bit scared that we might uh, lose half of our prestigious courses if yeah. – you know, yeah. e economic downturn. Somebody has to sell the property, and yeah. all of a sudden, boom, we don't have USD 
USDGC or, you know, Winthrop closes their doors. We can't go to USDGC. MVP sells their property yeah. or MVP open. So, yeah, I, it's, but I think that's where disc golf is in a unique situation where we need to be adaptable and resilient and be able to kind of change and go like change on the fly and be accepting mm -hmm. of it. Like I think so many people are stuck in their old ways of, Oh, it has to be here. It has to be wooded. It has to look like this it has to look like that. It's like, we don't even know what the future disc golf course will look like. What if there's a course that's just like all par fours? Like what if, what if you laid out like a golf course where it's a par 72, you have your, your four par fives, your four par, par threes, and then your 12 par fours. Is that enough holes? No, less. Eight, eight par fours, right? Eight to two, yeah. Six, six, and six. Yeah. No, they don't have six par threes on a regular course. No, I'm saying an 18 hole course. You can, yeah, you can yeah. go six, six, and six, or, you know, yeah. whatever yeah. math you want. Get but, like, there, there's so many things that we haven't even thought of because we're so stuck on the history of disc golf. It's like you can celebrate the history of disc golf and commend it and learn <laughs> from it, but someone needs to be on the forefront of what disc golf is going to look like in the future. Who's willing to make a change and try something new and stick to their guns and put the players through it? I don't know who's going to be. I don't yeah. know what it's going to look like, but the future of disc golf can't look like hanging on to the past. I 100% agree with you there. I think there's like Brody brings a lot of great points to Brody Smith brings a lot of great points to like debate night or just like the podcast that he's on because he's very new to the whole disc golf scene. Yeah. And granted, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I, we're not, not old timers either, but more, yeah, I, I haven't been playing for much longer than Brody, but uh, like just being able to kind of take something that was good for its time and adapt it. So like a lot of people are, are very resistant to that and thinking of like these major courses and stuff. It's like, well, we're going to have to do something else if this is yeah. no longer an option one day. And so, yeah, I think you bring a, a good point needing to be fluid with how things yeah. are. But. And another option Anyways. that I was thinking about earlier today was like, why do we need to have as many tournaments as we do? You know, have, no, have <laughs> 15 elite series and then sprinkle in a few silver, but have the, have the silver be the week before an elite series in a close town and or city, whatever, have that be a qualifying top eight players from the silver series Ooh, can, I go like that. can go play in the elite plus or in the elite series. Yeah. And have then, it be a little bit more connected. Yes. Um, yeah. And then that gives the, the local players a chance to play on a pro tour event. It brings more money in for them because then, if you put them close to each other, they're going to go to it. And then all, what it does is it gives like the, the top guys 
at least two weeks in between each elite series event, they can go fly home, see their family. Because a lot of these top guys, like they're not the road warriors anymore. They they can fly home. They can fly different places. So you can make them farther apart. You can go West Coast yeah. for one, and then you can go down to Arizona, or you can go Kansas, and then all the way down to Georgia. Like I don't know how far driving is, but like you can jump it around <laughs> a lot more if you space them out and not have these guys playing. 30 events a year, week in, week out, and having to drive in between them. So ex- expect less, but more from your players, if that makes yeah. sense. So less, well, I think, less. I think this yeah. would be a good, yeah. this be a good point for us to continue to talk about yeah. moving forward. And also, Fun. you know, kind of use it as off season, like potentially build our own mapping you know, of yeah. tournaments, how it how it could look, what courses are worthy of being elite series and then, you know, silver series. And I think there's uh, points debates that we, we can have as well. So, yeah, stuff to monitor moving forward. For sure. Um, okay. okay, jump into In the Bag. Yeah. We talked about my bag last week for Colorado States. Yeah. Had, I had practice rounds at Lower Badlands, which I'm playing on Friday and Sunday. Nice. And then I played yesterday at Adams Hollow, which I'll be playing on Saturday. So I've played both courses. Sweet. I have my game plan mapped out, feeling really good about it. Uh, I The only disc that I added to the bag, I think I talked about the Color Glow FD3, the new one. Yeah, you mentioned it. You brought it up. Yeah. And it's super beefy, like very flex, like more overstable than the Warbird. So wow. cool. good to have, but not as overstable as Chupacabra. So yeah. very good to have. Um, I did throw my old, or one of my older Color Glow FT3s the end of a run because it's in between the Mad Cat and this Color Glow FT3. So nice. that's the only real uh, change to my bag since um, we talked about it last week. The Perfect. I had a question for you on Dealer's Choice because I was looking at my putter situation and I only carry the Copperhead yeah. in my putters and mids from Lone Star. Uh, all my, all except for my FT3s are Lone Star in terms of my drivers. Yep. And then uh, I carry one mold for mid-range, and that's the Dune. And then I have Intercore, Zone, Link, and Copperhead as mm-hmm. my putters. Yeah. So the question I wanted to bring up to you was Lone Star putters. What have you tried what have you liked what have you not liked in terms because i know you've tried more of their putter molds than i have i've only tried the cash yeah. and the jackrabbit yeah um and the copperhead but you've had some of the four speeds i guess i've had the harpoon too but. yeah harpoon's good um i like that one it's not as stable as your zone so it's it's not for everyone it doesn't do everything but it's good um the Artemis is the exact same as a harpoon. So you don't need one of those. It does nothing new. It does nothing different. Just a slightly different hand feel. It's a little bit deeper than the harpoon. Um, and it feels like a smaller diameter. Um, it feels more like a zone, but it's not as overstable as one. 
Um, yeah, the the profile and the hand feel is very similar to his own. Yeah, but, but it, it don't it don't fly like one. It's just not. No. <laughs> no, it's weird. Don't know how that happened. Um, as far as putters, I've putted with a putted and thrown a V one, the softer, um, penny, putter. It's it's nice to throw. I think like a premium would be it would be pretty similar to uh intercore probably like a slightly the less penny stable. or the benny penny but i've thrown both but yeah the the, okay. be, the penny with a, a p penelope um the no bead the no bead yep that one's nice it feels good um comes out fast it it's it's like a less stable intercore for throwing at least mine, the softer plastic, softer baseline plastic. Um, and actually, it's in my bag now is a Alpha Benny with a B. Bert. Oh, I didn't know you yeah. had an Alpha one. Yeah, I have an Alpha one. It's really good. It's really fun. It's it's probably more like your clear inner core. Handles a lot of torque. Okay. But when thrown hard and you give it a slight hyzer angle, it'll just flip up and just like ride dead straight. It's just straight, finish straight. It doesn't really turn. Um, I mean, you could give it more angle, throw it higher, and when it slows, stalls out, it'll finish. Um, or you can also give it a little flat or any, and it can hold that the whole time. So that is a really good, comfortable uh, throwing putter for sure. And it feels good in the because I have a baseline of it and it feels kind of shallow, kind of almost has a concave mm -hmm. top to it. But in the premium plastic, it has just like a nice soft curve to the top. Um, very similar to like a judge. Oh, okay. Yeah, very, yeah, very similar to a judge. Yeah. Nice, is it, nice. Is it bigger beaded? I can't remember. I mean, not bigger than a judge, like but. It but feels it's like good. as big as a link or a judge yes. speed. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Whereas the, and so like where the link has a very, like it has the rounded shoulder and then flat top. The, the Benny, the alpha one just kind of has a very gentle, like not a dome, but it's not board flat on top. So it's cool. Sure. Yeah. I, I like throwing that one. Um, the Jackrabbit is a really good, just overstable throwing putter um if you need something that's more stable it has, has no glide to it yeah but it's cool it, right? it it's it's like a shorter zone almost which like doesn't make sense but yeah. it is it's like a it's like a, a px3 from prodigy yeah yep it's like that overstable it just doesn't glide yeah um so that one's cool. I don't have one of the, I have two, but I don't have it in my bag. Um, Cause I just, I, I don't need that distance of a shot to be that overstable. Yeah. So yeah, you can just yeah. power down on a zone or something like that. Yeah. And I haven't tried the bull snake. That's the last putter that they have. That's even more stable. Um, uh, it feels which no yeah. offense. Lone star. It feels horrendous. I felt a bunch at a trash panda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah. Acquired taste, acquired feel. 
um probably similar to like a zone os type of thing you know obviously doesn't feel like that but that's the type of shot yeah. you're gonna get it the the uh, ricky slammer where it's just super torque resistant anti-flex um and doesn't glide and go far so haven't tried that one yeah. yet well, well cool well, i just figured um i don't have any i just have the copperhead so i was like oh let's let's talk about a mvp or lone star putters but yeah yeah i thanks for the thanks for the overview yeah that's i've tried a lot of them i have a lot of them so that's good. what we do on this podcast we yeah. try out discs and we talk yeah. about it because we buy we buy a lot of frisbees like. which is bad i i have not been buying a lot uh lately yeah. primarily due to budget cuts in my household Life. and my income yeah, yeah, yeah. um but uh i tend to trade frisbees that's how i get some give yeah. me some new discs it's good it's good well cool yeah. well that's practically all we got this week what are you looking forward to in this upcoming weekend slash week of disc golf or not disc golf yeah no i i actually i i think there is disc golf in my foreseeable future um Ooh. i'm gonna try to get some field work in i haven't i threw fairways today took a lot of my explorers out i've been working on um i watched the new overthrow video on grip and getting that nose down so that was really fun um just working on timing and release angle on that to get consistent but it felt like i was getting some nose down obviously you got to take some slow-mo videos and really check but it was feeling good it was flying good so that was fun um gonna go give my bag a few tosses uh if i can because next tuesday I don't have class that night, so I'm thinking of going to play at the local leagues at the golf course. So, Sweet. And yeah. you haven't done that in a minute, right? Since school started, and then it was like a month or two before that. So, yeah, it's been a while. It's one of my favorite courses to play. Um, you just get to unleash on drives and throw a lot of fast fairways, and it's it's just fun. Playing on a golf course is amazing if you ever get a chance to do it so sweet well i look forward to hearing how field work goes yeah uh i have states this weekend yes so very excited about that friday my first round uh i have the chase card tea time so sweet. again it's not actually chase card but it's yeah, second yeah. to last tea time for my pool yeah or for my division uh and i'm playing with one of my buddies so that'll be nice. fun. Nice. So we'll carpool up to Thornton and play that course together. Uh, and the other thing that I'm looking forward to, especially like moving into States, I'm really excited about my game plan. feel very confident with it, but I kind of unlocked something yesterday in my yeah. throwing to yeah, where I saw that I, I tried to throw on, I was like, yeah, I'm going to just give this a little flex. And it came out perfectly flat. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if I want to throw a flat, I need to just give it like a baby bit of Annie. And it helped it come out nose down. Yep. And all of a sudden, I was throwing 360 shots. I was throwing them 380. 
Yeah. Like, this is just, if I throw the disc like it's supposed to be with a little bit nose down, it yep. goes just a little bit further. Like, so I'm excited to try to uh, compound and build on that and try to make that more muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to get it for like 10 throws in a row. So I was very excited about nice. about that. And just, I don't know, like unlocking something makes me excited to go do it again. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always fun when you find that thing. And that... I want to go practice. No, Sorry, go ahead. It's, it's fun when you find that thing that like, improves your game because we're kind of at that point where like there's it's very small and minute changes but Mm -hmm. when you do them correctly and build upon them and make it muscle memory it makes a very big uh, difference in the distance that we can achieve correct yeah and i want to go practice field work so i can build turn it into muscle memory However, I played two rounds of 28 holes on Saturday, and then I played yesterday, and then I have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday tournament. So I'm just – I told myself I was going to play yesterday, and then I was going to take a break until yeah. my tournament. So That's smart. hopefully That's I smart. can go do some field work and lock that in. But, yeah, I'm wanting to make sure uh, my, uh, my old man's shoulder doesn't uh, get too tired here. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, that'll do it for the episode. Uh, thank you everyone who's sticked around and listened to us jabber on for this long. Um, give us a like, leave some comments, um, hit that subscribe button. We come out with a new episode every week. Um, we're kind of getting to the end of the season, so some fun disc golf that we get to cover and talk about. So, yeah, these uh, off-season episodes will get a little more goofy, which is potentially it's a little more my cup of tea but yeah we'll see that'd like be fun well. that'd be fun so all right thanks everyone and lefties out see ya